Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wong Pickups. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to this fantastic little show of ours, the Guitar Knobs Podcast. Welcome, 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 one and all. I really wanted to do that in an old-timey radio voice, but I didn't. I I didn't. I won't. I'm not going to. You can't make me. I won't. Do uh, it. Next time I will. Please do it. I won't. Okay. You can. Welcome, welcome, welcome. One and all. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> so, we've got somebody super special on the line that we can't we can't wait to have a chat with on the show. Very special person. Who are you? Uh, this is Eric with Hawkstrauss Electronics. All right. And uh conveniently, you bought into a company that is actually named after you. That's true. Yeah, it's my last it name. It worked out really well wow. because that's an odd one. Yeah, that's a you had to search. Long Not an hard. everyday name, Hawkstresser. He lucked out there. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. We're gonna have a super fun time. We're gonna talk to Eric. Find out all about. Yeah, by the way, he makes pedals and uh, and and other things that we're gonna get into. He's a very creative chap. Uh, in the meantime, Eric, where can people uh, check out what you do? So I, I tend to be most active on Instagram at Hawkstrasser Electronics, but I do have a website. It's hawkstrasserelectronics.com. Um, and that's, I have a web store on there. Um, I occasionally post blogs and stuff. But yeah, mostly Instagram, Facebook. Um, but I, I would say the gram is kind of the, the best way to, if you need to get in touch or whatever. Yes, I think that's where people will find a, a very good representation of not only the things you make, but uh, a fair amount about you, which is cool. Yeah, that's that's what it's for, right? Yeah. Personal branding. Pretty <laughs> much. Bi- business branding or, you know. Ranting, raving, branding. All the good stuff. Paving, <laughs> if you're a paver, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> paving. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we need to thank a few people real quick here, everybody. Ginormous thank you to Rode for providing this lovely Rodecaster Pro Yummy. sitting here in front of us and for our Procaster microphones and the articulating arms mm, so they carelessly drilled into Jared's family heirloom yep. dining table that is <laughs> <laughs> it's my Uncle John's man it's not like Uncle it's, John's. You know, it's not like it's made from the Amish people or anything yeah it does say I was made for loving you on on the back of it though, which is it's, kind of cool. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's a good table, anyways, isn't it? Uh, I'm a little punchy. Had a long day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have the two gentlemen in front of me, actually in front of me, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out of this nasty stretch of uh, the last year we've had behind us, and so glad to have them alongside of me for the show. It's okay to be here. Yes, exactly. Uh, I have a few announcements we need to take care of. Please do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just share a little something. As you all know, if you've been listening for a while, a lot of times we get great little uh, notes that are sent our way. 
sometimes they're not so great. Not very few. I think we get. Yeah, they're not, always it, nice. Yeah, th- even if they're saying something like, "Hey, this sucked, but we still like you and you're cool." Like, yeah, uh, that's always nice. Yeah. Uh, this is from our friend James Pennington, our mm. Poobah. Yes, James Pennington. Says, grand, would that be a grand Poobah? That is a grand Poobah. We'll get into that later. You guys inspired me to start modding and building pedals. All right. There's another. See? I feel like we need to have like a. Where's our commission? Like some kind of thing on the wall where people will start making stuff. Ring it's a bell. fantastic. Yeah. Let's, let's get a bell to ring. No. Do it. Uh, just wanted to thank you guys a lot. Always liked tweaking pedals, but after listening to all the episodes, soaking up all the information from past guests, also from you knobheads and the pedal nerd Brian Wampler, definitely kicked me into in the uh, ha ha to start studying and finding stuff on the web to build and modify. I also bought a few books like Electronic Projects for Musicians, <laughs> How to Modify Guitar Pedals, Guitar Effects Explained, as it has pretty, uh, been pretty sweet to build a germanium fuzz face or something fun like a green ringer and have it work. That is the, that is the key thing. If it works, it's really great. Uh, and I didn't spend 200 bucks on the pedal. So he's, he's, uh, he's another person who's, who's like, I'm going to start building so I can actually have some pedals. So I don't have to, you know, yeah, he's, he also su- buys a lot of gear and he supports the heck out of the uh, builder community. So I don't want to cast a, a, a wrongful shadow upon that. Just wanted to say thanks and proud to support you guys and the podcast and the fellow knobbers and brotherhood of the Grand Puma. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you so much, James. We're really, really stoked that you sent that to us. And we love hearing from people that have said that they've uh, been motivated to do something, whatever that is. I agree. It's good. It's, it's good nice stuff. to hear. I like it. We get to hear the success stories. The heartbreak stories sometimes. Indeed. Indeed. And all the stuff in betwixt. I also I'm gonna share one more because it's a short it's a short one. Okay. And I think it's I don't want to get too far out from one of our recent episodes. So okay. we did the HX Stomp episode mm-hmm. with the guys from Line Six who were fantastic. They were really great people. And who was that uh, other guy? Uh it's a fellow named Jeff. Okay. And um and this is from longtime uh listener, supporter of the show. Alexander Hobson. Ah. Yes. Uh, He says, regarding the HX Stomp episode, well, that answers that. I was going to get an Iridium, but after hearing the HX Stomp episode, I'm convinced. I hear a live demo, and wow, these things are super quiet for recording, so the quality is so much better than a regular Stomp box. Thanks for the great episode. Yes, indeed, you are more than welcome, Alexander. Hopefully that helped answer some questions uh, that people have had or have been having or been pondering, should I or should I not? Well, the other part of that, too, is they're constantly adding new amps, new effects, yeah. things like that that you can well, it's, download. it's part of the Helix family now. So yeah, it's, it's like, part of the Helix yeah. family. And then once you get hooked on that, then you can you know someday buy the... The big rig and, yeah, and you work want, with that yeah. if you want, but it's all um, uses the same you know methodology, operating system, whatever you want to call it, and it's and, it's, and it's, it'll it's, go right before or after your favorite analog pedal and sound beautiful. All of it well together, it's lovely. Hmm. righty. Todd, what is it that we do on this show? What is it? Well, 
Tony, why don't you ask Jared and let's see what he can do with this. Jared, what do we do on this show? We interview several different pedal people, <laughs> guitar builders, hopefully more pickup builders. Mm. Other than myself, I we need more pickup people on here. So pickup people, reach out to us. Uh, we also, uh, we talk to people that um, are pickup or uh, derailed we also talk to uh, stare at Jared and see if he can work his way through this. <laughs> make what, the words. What we've been doing for five for me. years. Make it worse for me and try to get my attention. <laughs> do, we talk try to, to, do we talk to movers and shakers? We talk to movers and shakers and shaken bakers and. And all the, all the, all the people. <laughs> yes. No, okay. what I was going to say, we, we've talked to a few YouTube personalities yeah. and um, also some, some larger companies that, that build speakers. And do we and, ever uh, do special episodes where we learn stuff? One on ones. Yes. All sorts of things. You knew I was going to screw this whole thing up, <laughs> but that's all right because we hey, were counting on it. I think <laughs> everybody, I think everybody just listening was counting on that. So all Merry right. Christmas. I love you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to find out what's going on in our music world this week. We're, uh, Eric, if you don't mind, we're going to start with Tony so he can kind of, you know, uh, set the pace for the dance we're about to get involved in. And then we're going to hop over and see what you're up to. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. Awesome. Tonight's dance will be a waltz mm. in a standard one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Aren't they all one, two, three? Yes. That's a standard waltz. I know. Sometimes it's one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six. That's a, a waltz waltz. All the all right, dances, have, they have to <laughs> correspond with the time the time measures, right? That is correct. Yeah. Or yes. it's not really a dance. It's just right. a fit. <laughs> it's just a fit. Well, a, lo- a lot of people do that anyway, right? <laughs> That's, That's a good amazing. one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead, Tony. Well, in my music world this week... <laughs> Uh, this past weekend, uh, I picked up, uh, we've been talking about the, uh, the Fender uh, Maverick slash Custom project that I'm in the middle of building, two guitars, and I picked up the bodies this weekend. Why did you get two? Well, uh, the first one was for myself, and the, the gentleman who uh, I knew that played one back in the 80s, uh, who's now an artist, he was one of these guys that painted up guitar bodies and you know every week had a different color on it and that mm-hmm. sort of thing and um so i had contacted him and said hey i'm gonna make another one of these guitars would you be interested in painting it for me and he said he would be honored and he said oh do you think you could make me one and i said yeah let me put some numbers together and so we uh, reached an agreement and i just shipped the bodies off to massachusetts western mass mm-hmm. uh this morning and uh he's gonna do his stuff with it and then uh, we're gonna clear coat the bodies i've got all the parts i'm waiting on next to come in they should be coming in the next couple of weeks and uh then assembly begins so, so. these are not guitars that you bought new and are having repainted these are all no 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 no, no. these okay. no these my my friend pat at coop guitars up in youngstown um uh, uh programmed in a cnc machine specifically for these guitars mm-hmm. um i had made one a couple of years back that i modified a jaguar body to make one um and now we actually have the cnc file that if for some reason i ever wanted to build another one it's there and mm. easy to do mm-hmm. um so yeah so i'm pretty excited about that and uh, i can't wait to see what uh, what carl's going to paint on these things and 
I know. The suspense is killing us. I know it is. I can tell. Pat's doing well, though. Uh, yeah. Pat Murray at Coop. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's doing a lot of, uh, you know, custom work. Um, he makes his own brands of guitars. It does a lot of repairs, a lot of refins. Coop guitars. Coop. C-O-O-P. All right. Named Do a, business named after him. Named after a chicken coop. That's how it, it got its name. Right. I'm sure that's <laughs> I'm correct. Serious. What? I'm serious. Oh, it wasn't because of the coop. That doesn't surprise me in the backyard or no. It's probably the chicken coop. Knowing (laughs) it's it's the chicken coop. Okay, it is Pat. Yeah. All right, that's interesting. Very cool. You got to know Pat. He's he's pretty interesting, dude. Shout out to Pat. All right. Yep. Miss you, buddy. Uh, Eric, enlighten us. Well, so as far as pedal stuff goes, anything stuff. I'm I'm sort of in between projects right now. I just released a new flanger a couple weeks ago. Um, so my next move, I think, is to start working on a new design, which may or may not drop your guitar sound a couple of octaves, mm. ideally. Mm. Um, a couple. But <laughs> it, it, it might perform a math equation that... Um, divides uh Ah. i think that's that's probably going to be the next project Ah. um but more immediately in my music world um i'm currently building myself a strap nice there you go yeah i i really for a while have wanted a walnut strat and as i'm sure you guys know you can't just go get one of those off the shelf too easily and after years of you know woodworking and so forth and then in the last six months or so getting into cnc stuff um it just kind of felt like the right time so i i put the first coat of finish on the body today and uh i'm, I'm pretty stoked about it uh, i bought an all parts neck but i'm doing the body myself that's good no I, I've, I've always had very good luck with the all parts necks now when you're talking a walnut strat or you're talking about the finish color correct not the actual wood Oh no! I am talking about the actual oh, wood. the actual yep. wood. Okay. Oh yes. So why yep. is this so hard to get? I, they just don't make them. It's so weird because we got walnut trees coming out our wazoo here. Yeah. I had a friend, uh, Dusty Bob in Fremont. He bought an actual. <laughs> no, his name's Dustin. I know. It's just never not funny. <laughs> Dusty Bob. <laughs> it is never Sorry. not funny. <laughs> he he actually bought a. UPS Brown, which a walnut color Strat, right. 70s Strat original, mm-hmm. and he he had it refinished. To, but to that's what I had paint, to say. Like painted or? Uh, no, to green. He went from so painted. like forest green. Yeah, refinished is painted. Yeah. I guess. Oh, okay. Never mind. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, it was refinished <laughs> with paint. By stain. No. You mean yes? <laughs> I don't know. The other, the other no. <laughs> You're confusing the hell out of me. I'm under a lot of pressure right now. So, how many pieces of the body? Is it a two piece or, or, or one solid piece? Two, two piece. Center um, seam. Nice. So, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. This particular piece of walnut has kind of a weird thing going on with it that I've never seen before. Um, in that, once I cut into it, there's a, and I, I don't know if these are like pockets of slightly wetter wood or what but like there are a couple of weird streaks that are like very lightly colored um that like i said i didn't find until after i cut into it which was sort of weird Mm -hmm. um because typically with walnut you can see where the sapwood is and the heartwood and all that um but this was like 
after it all planed and whatever, it was like sandwiched between the top and bottom of the board. There's just these kind of odd streaks. So, yeah, that's the crazy part of, of working with wood is sometimes, you know, you start cutting into stuff and the, 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 the imperfections kind of show <laughs> when you least expect it. Mm. But, you know, most of the time it's, some of it, it's, it's actually kind of cool to get some variation in, yeah. in color and everything. Mm-hmm. With, with this, I, I was a little bit worried about two little spots that were going to be on the front, um, kind of at the, like the, I guess the corner of the, the arm carve. Mm. Um, but once I got some finish on them, it, it just, it kind of has the same flavor as like the way sapwood is instead of being a rich, dark chocolate, it's kind of like this lighter mocha sort of feeling. So, um, I really I wish that, you would have said arm carve. Arm carve. Yeah. <laughs> I somehow, it was, despite, so it was perfect for that. <laughs> How could you miss that? You're right next to Boston. I know. Somehow, despite, living here my whole life i i have missed the accent for the most part yeah. the, the word it what's weird is in college the word that always gave it away was when i would say room instead of saying room apparently room is a big boston thing which i never knew and people huh. would be like oh that's how we can tell uh, weight wise what are we talking about with walnut uh it, it's a little heavy i i weighed the body yesterday and it's a little over five pounds um yeah, so I, I'd say yeah. you know weight and tone wise, it's it's. I think it's pretty similar to uh, to maple. My hmm. buddies is kind of heavy too. Yeah, hard. Yeah. So yeah. it's a hardwood. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I don't, know, I don't know anything about sharp. walnut. So. Now uh, I well, do. <laughs> the, the main thing to know about walnut is when you're working with it, um, it it's hard not to snort it off the table because it smells so good. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's toxic and whatever, but it smells so good. Yeah. yeah. Do not do that with rosewood. <laughs> yeah. Rosewood is especially toxic. Oh, my. Rosewood dust. No kidding. Yeah, you got to be very careful when you're oh, seeing Wear your um, face mask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jared, how about yourself? Oh, I left the uh, Klon pedal plugged in, so I burned a battery out. <laughs> I, I actually got like really worried there for a second, and I was like, oh, no, he's talking about a battery. Okay, He burned out the pedal? No, I burned the battery out, which I just did not care. But um, other than that... Batteries be damned. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been tempted to plug that, to plug my... A power source into that just to see but then it's like why risk when you can just waste batteries you're not going to hurt anything really no. plug in the uh no you, do you have like an, a nine volt adapter that you can yeah it come one one comes with that okay so, all right yeah uh, so uh, there, I don't know. Uh, no it won't hurt anything but anyway i've i'm still really enjoying the setup that i described the last podcast mm-hmm so I'm I'm sorry I don't have much new, but uh, I got other things cooking in the oven that we'll talk about on a later podcast. That sounds yeah. good. You do oh. have quite a bit going on. Yeah. The only thing you'll notice if you use a power supply with that is because it puts out a constant nine volts versus a battery eventually starts wearing down a little bit and they start sounding good at about, oh, I don't know, seven and a half yeah, yeah. I put a the first battery I put in this pedal was a used battery. Yeah. But you know, I stuck it on my tongue and like, oh yeah, yeah. There's still juice in this battery, but I'm pretty sure uh, it uh, sounded Johnny awesome. over at Alchemy Audio still does the dead bats. Dead bats, yeah, dead yeah. bat. Yeah. Which uh, 
mimics a Dying slightly battery. less juiced battery. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. But, hey, Johnny Bomber, what's up, man? Yeah. Where is he? Is he here? He's not. We haven't <laughs> seen him in a long time. Also, uh, did I mention the Kentucky show last time? What? There was a Kentucky guitar show. There was a Kentucky guitar show? Oh, yeah. There was a guitar show in Kentucky. And uh, I did really, really well at that show. That was a really good show. Is, did we go to that one before? No. No. We what? went to the Cincinnati. Yeah, there was another one. That we went a to. Was, Oh, that was a Michigan one. And we went to the one up in Michigan. That was a... Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a totally well, different less, setup, but less good. No, in Kentucky was that was a great show. Oh, good! Glad good we got the invite. Really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Next time, go. Well, yeah, we'll mark it on your calendar to tell us. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, Todd, uh, how about you? Thank yeah, you. I what'd you do, that. man? What'd you do? Uh, Did you I know, give you something? I got to have some fun when you have so many people that. Well, I guess now that I've got to meet so many people in the guitar community and can call many friends, which I really truly love and deeply appreciate. Do they reciprocate? Um, most of the time. Yeah. Some of the time, occasionally, <laughs> uh, once in a while. So I was talking with Chase, he, you know, he'll send me Chase Gullet of uh, Gullet Guitars. He'll, he'll uh, send me a stuff occasionally. He's like, Hey, there's this. And he's, he's working on something. And then we'll get into a long text thing about this and that, and you should try. So I just I nipped it in the butt. I'm like, let's just talk about this. And then we got to come up with like uh, four or five guitar sort of motifs, you know, just chilling on a Saturday and having a chats about guitars and like, you should make it like this. Oh, I think you should do it like this. Oh, what if you did this? And blah, 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 blah. Super fun. Love that stuff. Because it's fun. not mine. I can say whatever I want. Yeah, you don't have to do the work. Right. And Chase historically he puts a lot of flair into the guitars. Like, I mean, he, and he does it very, very well. Yeah. Um, I usually tend to be a little less like crazy Cadillac. And, uh, so that's where we put the push and pull on it. It wouldn't be very fun if I was like, yep. <laughs> and that's a short conversation. Hmm. So anyways, that's what I got to do. Kind of like the Lennon fun. and McCartney of guitar building. It, yeah, super duper like that, I guess so. I just talked to Chase today. He did. Yeah. And? And he's doing well, and uh, everything's on the up and up. It was good to talk to him. Good. Was he mad about was talking to Was he working to on my guitar? <laughs> uh, he talked about your guitar the whole time and how much pressure you're putting under him. Uh, <laughs> putting on him, rather. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, he's... Good. No, he Good. didn't say a word about it. I think Back to work, Chase. It. Yeah. Tony Baloney. Yes, Tony. You like a green bean, don't you? I love a good green bean. I you love know a what's green a, like? Jared likes green beans too. Them. Guys, you know what's a lot like Bacon a green bean? Butter, baby. Uh, Tour gear sure. design patch cord. You would say that, Jared. How did you know that? Because they're small and they fit in about any pedal setup you can think of. Yes, but don't put green beans in your pedals. But mm. you're right in the size comparison. The actual, like, the thickness of the cable in, is actually thinner than a green it bean. It is. Unless you have a fl it's, flat. It's certainly green flatter bean. than a green bean. It is flatter than yeah. a green bean, yes. And uh, much like if you buy a giant pound or two of green beans, you can get a patch cable for about the same price. Wow. I know. That's how cheap they are. My. But they're amazing and they conduct electricity far better than a green bean so <laughs> get on over to tour gear designs patch cables forward slash discounts forward slash guitar knobs and you're going to get 10 percent off 
of your order. And I think you can actually put in the tour, the uh, uh, guitar knobs code if you can't remember that url or whatever are they selling green beans now they're not selling green beans but you can get just about any length of patch cable that you can think of and i highly highly recommend them you're Tony's not gonna want to just buy one no you're gonna want to buy, a, buy a, you're bunch. Gonna, uh, a bag of them a, 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 a what are the things called the uh sack no not a sack the little they go to the farmer's market and they have those little containers nest no what is it called the pint thing, you know, the little half pint, the, <laughs> the baskets, the, the little baskets, the little, little farmer baskets. baskets. Get okay. a basket load was, of them. You're really stretching this one out. I am. All right, everybody, go over to your gear designs dot uh, com. Yes. Forward slash discount. Forward slash guitar knobs. Get yourself some awesome patch cables, and you will like your pedal board a lot more, and your pedal board will like you, Jared. How about some of this? One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Eric Hogstresser, tell us your four on the floor right now. All right. So I've thought about this a lot. Uh, I've gone back and forth on a lot of it. And I've struggled the most with this first slot because I knew I wanted an envelope filter. And there are tons of good ones out there. Um, so I wasn't sure if I should go with something kind of boutique or something vintage and rare. Um, we can obviously talk about this more later, but for a while there, I was repairing a lot of pedals. So I got the chance to play a lot of really cool pedals, including a lot of really cool envelope filters. Um, but my, my number one slot on my four on the floor, uh, I'm going to keep it classic and go with the Mutron 3. My man. There you oh, go. Yeah. Wow. So um, for those who don't know, can you explain what an envelope filter is? So envelope filters are kind of the coolest pedal, in my opinion. Um, basically what it does, it splits your signal into two different chains. And one chain goes through a filter circuit, which can either be a low-pass, band-pass, and sometimes high-pass filter. And then the other chain goes into what's called an envelope detector. So what it does is it's a circuit that looks at the average size of your signal. And then it converts that into a control voltage. And then it uses that to sweep the cutoff of the filter circuit. So as you play louder, it opens up the filter more. As you play softer, the filter kind of closes. And the result is you get kind of a cool quack effect. Um, or sometimes you get like an ow sound or a wow sound, depending on how you have them set. But Like Peter Frampton. That that was no. more of a talk box, right? Oh, I know, but, yeah. I, but that's what <laughs> no. it sounded like. A little bit? No? Okay. no. My, my, my love for envelope filters stems from uh, my love for the Grateful Dead. Um, uh, you know, if, if you ever listen to any late 70s Grateful Dead, you know, it's just all over the place, quacking it up. And uh, I I can't not get enough of it. Like Jeff Tweedy. <laughs> no! <laughs> I, <laughs> I just had to save myself from being stupid before. Yeah. No, I'll be honest. You know what? I, I, I save myself. <laughs> I believed you for a second. I, I'm not super <laughs> hip to Wilco. I'm not either. Yeah. That's <laughs> obviously who. <laughs> so uh, yeah, envelope filters. Not it. It doesn't seem one that that uh, gets a lot of love right now. I haven't heard. That's the first time that's been mentioned on our show. Yeah. Uh, so 
I mean, the first pedal I ever released was an envelope filter. And so I can tell you from experience, people have a love hate relationship with them. Um, but I, they just, they're fun. I mean, I, I feel like when I pick up my guitar at the end of the day, it should be fun. And for me, an envelope filter always makes it more fun. Perfect yeah. for single notey kind of bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of like uh, like, like so an much. auto wah yeah. pedal. You know, you can, the lot harder you play, the more it goes. Yeah. The the trick is if you want to play chords with it, you got to dial back your guitar volume because, as we said, as the signal gets louder, it opens up the filter more. You know, so if mm-hmm. if you're playing chords, it's just going to be wide open. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well. That's one that I I can fairly say I'll probably never dive into the world of envelope filters with with the, my style of playing. But and that that's okay. You should check them out though, at least. Yeah, I, I'd be happy to check it out. I'm I'm also not a single noodly dude. Speaking of mut- <laughs> Mutron, I got my biphase out the other day and plugged that thing back in. You got to really stay on top of the potentiometers on those things, man. The 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 real ones i mean the old ones yeah because it's one of the uh one of them are kind of wonky so yeah. it's like i i don't really know i don't really know what i would do to I mean, open it up and spray some contact cleaner and you know go back and forth on the yeah. potentiometer that's really all i know what to do with those that'll clean it should clean uh, up yeah yeah interesting yeah, that, that should take care of it i hope so um so how about number two Number two, um, this is going to be probably the the most basic, predictable choice, um, but I, I stand by it. I'm going to go with the TS9. Just okay. cla- classic tube screamer. Um, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, if as they say, if it ain't fixed or it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Um, That's right. And if it ain't that was fixed, it. don't break it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Yeah. <laughs> if it ain't fixed, don't fix it. Don't break it. Don't broke it. Don't. If it ain't fixed, don't broke it. Don't repair it. That, that's got to be somebody's bump, like some <laughs> some old guy with you know with a tucked in like short sleeve shirt, you know, plaid like Wranglers, you know, <laughs> like with his hair with this you know his comb in the back pocket still, and he's got a a a, a crooked bumper sticker on the back of his little old pickup truck that says, "If it ain't." fixed don't broke it you know that that's a thing it's, it's got to be out there whoever you are we salute you sir all right continue sir um but yeah ts9 i mean i you know the the older i get the the less gain i want and i just find that that style of overdrive just it always gets me what i'm looking for if Is- i want kind of a compressed lead sound or something it'll do that but it also is nice with chords and yeah, they're great. Is there a particular um, model of that? I mean, we all know there's a million versions of those. Yeah, so I, I thought about that too, and I'm just going to go classic TS9. Um, I I subscribe to the the Brian Wampler philosophy of there's just not that much difference between the 808 and the TS9 huh. and all that. Um, and well, he I, shared that with us when when he was on. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I think there's a lot to that. I've personally tried to AB, you know, those different circuits on my own bench and was kind of like, okay, this is, there's a lot of hype about pretty much nothing here. Um, but yeah, I, I, on an aesthetic level, 
I think the Ibanez nine series pedals are just nice looking. Yeah. Um, so that's I, why I didn't yeah. go with something more boutique there. And uh, yeah, I have one of those and also a Maxon. The Maxon's a little more uh, dirty, but the, mm-hmm. the Ibanez is, it's right in the pocket. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I will say one mod that I like to do to them. Um, Cause I, I do make one pedal that is essentially a, a TS nine or TS eight Oh eight clone. Um, I like to change the chips in mine. Uh, instead of the standard 4558 that they used to ship with, I like to use a TLO 72. Uh, I just find they sound a little bit more open and a little bit cleaner. And um, that's my that's my hot tip there. There we go. I see a rig being built with a walnut <laughs> strat and an envelope filter and a... TS9. And a TS9. I like this guy. I don't know, I know. about you guys. <laughs> well, how about how about number three? So number three, uh, this was another slot I agonized over because um, I wanted a phaser in there, and there's so many good phasers out there, um, and there's so many different phasers and so many awesome ones. But when I was 16, I think for my birthday, I uh, I, I treated myself to an MXR Phase 90. And I think to this day, if I could only have one pedal, I would probably choose that one. And uh, so that's going to be my three spot is the, the phase 90. It just, it gets you everything you need and nothing you don't. Yep. That's on yeah. a lot of bad company records, man. It, it's that's just, it's another one of those pedals where like. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Did, did no one else use the phase 90? <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just funny that you sorted that. That was well. Todd's one of Todd's favorite bands is Bad Company. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. <laughs> right? That in Kansas. That was just the the big oh, yeah. exclamation pointy. But uh, that's on a lot that's of on. Bad Company stuff, man. It is. <laughs> yeah, I think you could argue that like Eddie Van Halen may have been the more obvious choice there, but. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate the deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> Sick reverence, bro. As someone who's listened to way too much classic rock radio. Yeah. That's me. Yes, that is. Someday I'll, 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 I'll have to share the, uh, the Kansas story, but not tonight. Oh, on the way back from Nashville? <laughs> okay, I'll share it real. Want me to share it real quick? Please. Uh, okay. I love this story. I'm trapped in this car on the way back from Nam <laughs> in a car that is very powerful and also very utterly uncomfortable to ride in as a passenger. I loved it. Which is, Jared? That was my Dodge Challenger. Yes. And um, Jared, who also uh, is very excited about driving a Dodge Challenger all the way home. (laughs) I have a faster one now, by the way. A very, very fast road home. Uh, Terrifying, actually. And I like a fast car, but this was scary. It's also, I know Jared, so I'm like, uh, okay. And uh, almost the whole way saying, we, uh, we had to listen to Kansas. A lot of it. <laughs> so, and not, not the hits, like the weird no. stuff nobody oh, else listens to. Yeah. Wow. I begged. I pleaded. I was waving a white, my white sock out of the, the thing, out of the, uh, the window. Please, someone help me. But no help came. We were going yeah. too fast. I listen, now, to, I listen to your stuff on the way down, so I'm sorry we've taken true. over this floor on the floor. <laughs> that's okay. As, as someone who's unfamiliar with Kansas's catalog. Stay that way. 
Uh, no, it's great. Which which way does it go? Is it more like progressive rock, or does it get more into like the dust in the wind kind of? No, arena, it's, it's that what we listened to was really progressive. Okay, it, for for its day, it was. It was not the hits. It was really weird stuff. Yeah, to to Todd's credit, so I don't yeah. blame Todd. So I I actually enjoy him telling the story. <laughs> I do because hey he. I deserve it because I did torture him on the way <laughs> home. So, uh, anyways, I did switch cars once we got food. I got in Tony's car, <laughs> and I'm right. like, I'm done. I'm at it. Anyways, uh, okay, number four. Cool. So number four, um, th- this one's a deep cut, and th- this is a pedal that I probably shouldn't tell people about so much because the prices on them are going up, and I still don't own one. Um, but I have revived from the dead probably about half a dozen of them. And back when I was taking repairs and these would come into the shop, it was always the most exciting day. Um, Metal zone. Close. (laughs) (laughs) The the Digitech PDS 2020 multiplay digital delay. That is a very deep cut. We all have blank faces around. Right yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, did I have one okay, of those wait, at me, one time? Uh, was it, what, what is that again? We're all Say looking that, that up. <laughs> what, what the number sequence was it? Was it's a, the PDS 2020. PDS 2020. This is not your ATM code. Okay. Digitech. PDS 2020. Okay. Is this going to look familiar? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I got you. Yeah. The red one. Yep. The red dual pedal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That 2020. Okay. Gotcha. So I, like I said, I had had probably about half a dozen of these come through the shop and they all have the same problem, which is that they all need to be recapped. I think they were made in like the early nineties. If you ever owned an old guitar amp, you know that those need to be recapped periodically. yeah. Yeah. Um, Pedals are the same way. Uh, unfortunately, we tend to not talk about that so much because if you're if the caps and you're like your fuzz go bad, it just kind of changes the character. Your fuzz it doesn't shut down its operation. Um, but in this pedal, there's so much going on in there that you know as the caps start to drift out of spec and whatever, um, eventually the pedal just stops working and it'll only pass a dry signal. Um, it's a lot of caps change, but it's it's well worth it and it is the funnest pedal. Um, what's cool about it, it does, I think up to like two seconds of delay, but it, you, there's a switch on it for the range of delay times. So you can also do chorus and flanging and, you know, to achieve those, it also has a modulation function. Um, and it also has what I forget what it calls it, like a hold switch or something like that. Um, so that heat hold. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, and it's sort of like this really crude looper where it'll just sample like, I, I assume it's based on the delay time. I don't really remember, but you can kind of create like cool textures with it and then manipulate the settings to get it all weird and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just super fun. And the, and the way that I think it achieves the delay is instead of using like your typical like DSP chip or bucket brigade chip, it does it, I think with like an analog shift register or something. So especially at like longer delay times, if you crank the modulation depth, it just has this weird, like tearing the fabric of the universe in your mind kind of effect. Um, And it's, they're just so fun. I think 
you've sold a lot of people on this pedal. Probably. But I also think you should make your make a version of that. They still go for a, a pretty sh- penny. Yeah. A hot stressor pedal. But call it the crude looper, but spelled K R O O D L U P E R. There you go. I, I like it. I like it. Oh yeah. I, I have thought about it. yeah, I I, hadn't, I I think at some point that probably will be on the table. Um, especially since they're not being made anymore and they're kind of scarce. Um, and they're also pretty big. You know, I, I think we could probably shrink the footprint of that down a little bit. Um, so it is kind of on my radar, but that's going to be a big project uh, when it happens to kind of figure out if there are any chips I need to substitute and, and stuff like that. So it's, um, it's a ways out. But will, will you use caps that need replace after five years? <laughs> Um, hopefully not after five years. <laughs> I think it's so weird, uh, this battery placement. Like, that's the weirdest. It's like, they're just like, I don't know. Just put it. Thing we got to put this top. battery somewhere. <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, it's either that or for or, people that use batteries the all well, the but time. But it's easier to change. Exactly. You're not taking the thing off the thing. That is true. So. That is true. Taking a small thing off the top of the thing. But it's, at this point, it doesn't matter anymore because nobody puts batteries It's just in. so... But that's a great place to put your picks or anything else you might have that... Ooh. You don't want the crowd to see? Yeah, like uh, pocket change. Whatever. Jelly M&Ms. beans. People like M&Ms. Money. M&Ms. Walnut dust. peanuts. You put your stuff in there, man. The Boston baked beans. That's uh, right. Don't do that. Sliced um, green beans. Sliced you green go. beans. Yes. yes, exactly. Butter and bacon, baby. So, it, but but when you look at something, you're like, wow, they they did all this amazing technology. It's sometimes the ugliest things are are the most cherished and sought after because they are in fact just strange and ugly. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of the electric guitars that the seventies oh, yeah. electrics. It's just like what the weird ugly you know or even the the a lot of the japanese 60s guitars you know there's a lot of weird stuff on those they're like why who put a giant square piece of aluminum in the middle of all this curved stuff they just but that's why it. we like it yeah <laughs> so that's right. that's the market boy somebody should you know because with today's technology you i'm i don't know if you remember the 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 plug-in modules that you would have on like a oh yeah electro mpc or something like that i mean now with today's chips and technology i mean you could make something that is literally a fourth the size of what those old plastic modules were yeah indeed and i almost bought a, an explorer style electra that had like the push buttons almost like a get torgan push button thing you know mm-hmm. the, like one up one down two up you push it's very bizarre and i didn't and i kicked myself for not doing that because it would be a fun one to have probably wouldn't work but that's also why i didn't buy it mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways that's a fantastic four on the floor, man. Thank you for sharing that and for allowing us to interject so much nonsense in between. Uh, we've got Eric Hochstrasser from Hochstrasser Electronics on the show tonight, and uh, we're really happy to have him. Thank you so much for for uh, joining us. And um, you've got a couple of pedals that you make. You sent us mm-hmm. two that we got to explore and have fun with. Um, I, I got to be honest, I 
first encountered you, not as a result of being like, oh, look at this pedal. I was uh, checking you out on, on Instagram, watching you do some silk screening no. and watching you do some shop work. And you were talking about aluminum stuff. And it was just really engaging. Um, so uh, while people are listening, where can they go really quick to see some of this? Uh, I think that stuff was on my like IGTV Okay. Um, just on Instagram at Hawkstrasser Electronics. Um, I ideally at some point I want to be doing more YouTube stuff, but mm. you know there's only 24 hours in a day, so yes. one thing at a time. It's what pains me. I, I've worked as a video person for years, and Instagram rewards and celebrates that which you create with your phone. Mm-hmm. So. I've found that I get better results if I just throw my phone up somewhere in the shop and start going, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Then if I go through all the trouble of setting up lights and cameras and, you know, do nice editing stuff, that stuff doesn't usually do as well as when I just go, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. you just stumble through it. So it's, um, it's kind of nice having learned that because it's a little bit more casual. Um, but uh, I'm still trying to find a groove with it. It's a, it is a tough situation to get in because you're like, well, if I'm going to do this, I might as well make it look this good. And if I'm going to do this, if with a little bit more, it could look really good. And pretty soon you're worrying more about your production than what the content is. Mm-hmm. Tricky, tricky business. Well, and, and like with some stuff, you know, like with silk screening, um, the idea of setting up a camera for that is a little bit stressful because it's like, well, then I'm going to have to make sure I can clean my hands off before I touch the camera and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas like if I just set up my phone and let it run, it's like, it's like, it's not even there and I can just kind of focus on what I'm doing and, you know, treat yeah. it almost like it's a person just hanging out in my shop. So you got to strap a, like a little GoPro onto the squeegee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was uh, immediately dismissed. I, I see what you did there. <laughs> No, no, I, that's a, that's a good idea. I, I that wasn't a dismissive. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Um, I would have dismissed me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I do find, especially with the silk screening stuff, um, in like a lot of the DIY groups and stuff on Facebook, and even just out there on Instagram, that seems to be a big thing that people have questions about. Yeah, and you know I've spent years trying to figure it out. You know, I, t- I took a class on it in like 2010 um, and didn't really get into it until like 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now I still kind of struggle with it at times because it's, there are just so many variables in the process. Yeah. Um, but also so many of the resources out there for silk screening are focused on t-shirts, yes. you know, and that, and that's great, but you do have a lot of people that want to make synthesizers or pedals or stuff. And it's like, there's really no resources. So I figured, you know, it's not like I, I'm holding on to any sort of crazy intellectual property with what I've figured out. Um, so I think at the very least, you know, it's nice to just kind of give back and go, hey, this is this is what I found. And hopefully this will save you some time and frustration. Yeah. And it's uh, it's not the cheapest thing to get into, is it? Not really. Um, but luckily, I feel like. With the exception of maybe some of the chemicals you use, a lot of it, like once you have it, you have it. Yeah, um, that's fair. But yeah, there, there is a little bit of a cost to get set up. And I, I know for a lot of people, there's reluctance 
around why would I go through that whole process just to do two pedals? Um, and but, that's but those would be two <laughs> unique pedals, and that's why. Yeah, and I, I mean, <laughs> also that's that's not a question I think anyone else can answer for you. You know, yeah. if that's your your hobby, you have to decide where where that boundary is. Right, you're gonna pay somehow. If that's what if that's the uh, ultimate uh, end product that you want, I, I love the idea of the freedom and the control that you would have over that. I did a whole bunch of that when I was in high school and uh, completely, pretty much forgot about how to how to do all that. Kind of a bummer. It, yeah, well, and it's it's easy to kind of lose your touch with it. Mm-hmm. pretty quickly you know i find uh, you know it's not something i do every week because i tend to do stuff in batches you know so if i do a couple batches of pedals i may not screen print for another two months and um every time it's like all oh, right what angle did i want to hold the squeegee at it you know um right because so, it's not porous so it's a little bit uh, a little bit of a different draw i imagine mm-hmm yeah. yeah, and the the inks can change like based on temperature. You know, they they tend to behave a little bit better when it's a little bit warmer and stuff like that. So it's you're just kind of juggling a million things. And yeah. I I guess what expert printers get is the experience to know what to look for. Um, yeah, interesting. So uh, we mentioned that you are kind of a you you got your hands in a lot of little creative pots here. Silk screening being one of them. Now you are silk screening pedals and and uh, other things that you're making. Um, let's get you. Uh, let's let's talk to the folks about the the actual pedals and stuff. Now you sent us the sundial mm-hmm. and the centrifuge. Uh, how many pedals are you currently making right now? Uh, I think like eight right now. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I, I should be more certain of that. But yeah, I think it's around <laughs> eight. <laughs> uh, well, these two you sent us, it is a the Sundial Delay and the Centrifuge. Um, it, well, it's a... It's, it's a flan, it's a phaser. flan, phaser, but it's got something else to it. Wait, why don't you tell us about the Centrifuge? Sure, yeah. So... Um, so that came out of back when I was repairing pedals. Uh, one of the weirdest ones to ever come across my bench was the Maestro MP1. Um, I think they made another phaser that was much more popular with people. Um, this one came in a big extruded aluminum enclosure. I think they made a fuzz that looked like that too, um, where it's like you step on the whole box and that switches it on and like the knobs are on the side and it's weird. Um, and the, the one that came across my bench, I think it had a couple of bad chips and it needed to be recapped and stuff like that. Um, but once I got it working, you know, my jaw kind of hit the floor when I was like, well, this, this is the best sounding phaser I've ever heard. Um, so I wanted to kind of play with that. And one of the overarching philosophies that I try to bring to every pedal is this idea of what would happen if, you know, what would happen if I added a switch for that or if I tweaked this or changed that. Um, And so that design kind of had a lot of jumping off points for that. Um, In particular, the Maestro is just a five stage phaser, but if you're using modern chips to recreate it, you wind up having all the pieces in place to make a six stage. So I thought, okay, well, we can switch between the two and you get kind of a totally different low end response. 
based on which mode it's in. And that's, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. And you already answered the question because I noticed in the up position, I'm guessing that's the uh, six phase. Is it the... Uh, I think up six, is five. Up is five. I noticed more bass response. Explain what up is, Tony. You're, uh, you're looking a, at the pedal. There's a, there's a uh, switch for stages. Uh-huh. And I noticed when I put it would put it in the up position, the bass response was greater. Mm-hmm. And in the down position the bass response was lesser interesting that's that that is amazing (laughs) and and then piggybacking off that um i started thinking about kind of how phasers work because basically a phaser takes your dry signal and feeds it all the way through and then it mixes it with this signal that goes through a number of phase shift stages which is essentially like a very short time function manipulation. Um, and so I, I was like, well, what would happen if I killed the dry signal? Would that not give me kind of a subtle pitch vibrato? And so the mode switch on that, if you flip it down, that kills the dry signal and just leaves you with vibrato. So at slower speeds, you don't really hear it because uh, it just isn't, you know, it, it's doing it so slowly that your ear doesn't really have time to register it, I guess, as a as a pitch bend. Um, but yeah, at higher speeds, it has this kind of cool warbly, yeah, you know, sort of thing. And and I thought that was fun. And um, you know, I, I also felt like that style of phaser would do well in a more pedal board friendly format than mm-hmm. its original massive extruded box. So yeah. I tell you, whenever I, I I try out a pedal like this, I can't help but play uh, "Brain Damage" by Pink Floyd. You <laughs> have just... to. That's the rule. <laughs> Is it the rule? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's mighty mighty fun. If you haven't used Phaser in that manner, what is it closest to? Well, I so I think. Uh, you're struggling to articulate it is what's so great about phasers. <laughs> you can't, you <laughs> well, can't. It's not. It isn't just a straight up phaser. It's like it does have this other dimension to it. But yeah. I, I kept feeling like I, my mouth wants to say flanger because it just it, it isn't quite a flanger. But it's not like a phaser with vibrato either. I mean, isn't flanger more of a left and right volume function, and then you know the the phaser is more of a wah type of function so a a flanger is like a an actual modulated delayed signal mixed with your dry signal so you get a full copy of the signal whereas a phaser is like a slightly bent version of it Um, and so the net effect is that you get these changing um, notches essentially in the spectrum that as it modulates up and down, the, the frequency at which those happen um, moves. So it's not unlike if you were to think of, say, like a graphic EQ that was flat all the way across, and then you pull down one fader on it. A phaser basically does that, but then it moves which fader is being pulled down kind of back and forth. Mm-hmm. And the more stages you add, the more faders are being pulled, I guess. Um, yeah, so that's a good um, way to explain it. That's a, that's yeah. a great explanation. Yeah, very well done. Um, how about the sundial? So, yeah, the sundial was that 
grew out of one of those what would happen if situations. And then ultimately, I in the process of working through getting it together, sort of I abandoned some of the original concepts. Um, I originally wanted to see what would happen if I made a delay pedal that had your usual like sine triangle modulation shape. Um, but I also wanted to do one that would do random. And so I thought, well, this would be cool if I did a delay pedal that gives you random delay times. Um, but for the size that I wanted to make it, there was no way I was going to be able to get it to all fit into that box. And it, it also, I don't want to you know, hang this idea up totally because I think it may be worth revisiting, but it wound up not being as cool as I thought having random delay times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wound up just having plenty of fun with the the modulation that's, that I landed on, which is, is roughly like, a, like I said, a sine wave or triangle wave where it just kind of goes up and down. Um, but yeah, Sundial, it's what we would call like a lo-fi digital delay. So it used a PT2399 chip which was originally designed for like karaoke machines and stuff like that. Um, And so I wound up settling on just having like sine wave modulation or no modulation at all. So, which is actually kind of cool because there's a lot of lo-fi modulation out there uh, in delay and a lot of them. And there's, there's a purpose and a need and a use and a want for all of this stuff. But sometimes maybe you just say like, I don't want seven dials, seven knobs to determine my modulation. It's either on or off. Yeah. And that that's kind of exactly why I wanted to have it on a switch. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like if you have a setting dialed in where you got your depth and everything all set how you like it, and then you decide you want to just use a regular delay, like that's a bummer to have to kind of destroy your setting mm-hmm. for something like that when it's, it's much easier just to knock it on and off. Um, so one of the functions I kind of had to work with is that that chip gets really noisy at longer delay times. Mm. So if your modulation is cranked up, as you turn up the delay time, the, the depth of modulation kind of starts to fall off a little bit. Um, so you'll find that like at lower delay settings with high depth of modulation, it's it can kind of get you into this tearing the fabric of the universe sort of weirdness. Um, but if you have your depth cranked and also the delay time cranked, you wind up with just this sort of pseudo analog kind of warble. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was done to eliminate having it go into just like being a noise pedal. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's super useful. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, it does the thing and it does the thing well and you can count on it. I, I've been really happy with it. Uh, the one thing I want to do with it that I haven't had a chance to do is I want to go do some photo shoots with it on actual sundials. Um, <laughs> but I'm having trouble finding where they are in places where I maybe wouldn't get kicked out of, you know, I, I, there's not, there's like kind of a registry of sundials in Massachusetts, but I'm looking for like, who's got a town park that's just got one over by a pond. Did you you say there's kind of a registry of sundials in Massachusetts? There is. Yeah. I found a list of them. 
Um, <laughs> but it, it's not super clear. Like, is it? Because I know one of them is is listed as like the the Weymouth Town Hall, and I know for a fact that that sundial is mounted up on the side of the building. So like. You know, I can't go climb up there and take a picture of a guitar pedal on it. Like they'll they'll arrest me. So yeah. try and it. So you you seem to have a pretty fair knowledge, a, a command, maybe even if you will, of of the electronic stuff. How did you dip into this? So um, yeah, so I started playing music when I was a kid, uh, and I got my first. I started playing guitar around nine. Got my first pedal around ten, and just immediately was bitten by the bug of like, I can, I can buy boxes that change the sound of my guitar. And, you know, for the first couple years of that, I really didn't have any interest in the electronics of it. Um, but later on in high school, I started to get really curious about, uh, modular synthesizers. And at the time those hadn't really become hip in the way that they are now. Uh, so unless you knew like some dude who <laughs> was independently wealthy and also kind of strange, um, you weren't really likely to go find any place to go play with that sort of thing. Um, so I got the brilliant idea in my head that like, well, I could just build a synthesizer, uh, not realizing what that actually would entail. Um, but that planted the seed for me. And so I kind of sat on that for a year or two feeling, you know, different levels of underwhelmed or overwhelmed, uh, you know, about what that journey was going to look like. And then once I got into college, started building synthesizer kits first. And then after doing a bunch of that, realized like, wait a minute, a pedal is actually way simpler than a synthesizer. Um, <laughs> so, so, so for a long time, I would just kind of build pedals as like a palate cleanser, you know, just as something to do on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that's cool. Cause, cause I, I was used to building synth modules that would take me like a whole week. Um, and a, you know, a pedal I could do in a couple hours. So it's so um, weird that you start with something like really complex and go, I think I'm going to do something simpler. <laughs> It's usually yeah. Yeah, everybody just try gets it more and more and more complicated. Yeah, no, it, it, I definitely came into it kind of backwards. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, if you start building stuff as a hobby, you quickly learn that you're going to have a bad time unless you learn how to fix stuff, um, because inevitably things just aren't going to work all the time. Um, so that started a long journey of learning how to troubleshoot and stuff like that. Um, and for a while there, after I had started the business, I was doing repair work. Um, and I ultimately got kind of burnt out on that. And it was, it was keeping me from designing pedals, which is what I wanted to do. Um, but in, you know, repairing busted pedals for a year and a half or whatever it was, um, you get pretty, pretty chummy with, the different chips and ways of doing things and stuff like that. And, and you start to see like, Oh, this is kind of everyone's preferred way of making a compressor or a chorus or something like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've, I've kind of just absorbed it. Uh, I will say I, I grew up in a house where um, my, my dad's really into radios and like old radios mm -hmm. and repairing them. So it wasn't That's cool. Yeah, it was. It wasn't uncommon for me as a kid to be around, you know, capacitors and soldering irons and stuff. Um, even if at the time I didn't 
I wasn't super excited about it or anything. Um, but I definitely was around that. And, and also I, I guess on a bigger level, I've always been exposed to this idea of, you know, if, if a piece of electronic gear doesn't work rather than throw it away, you should figure out how to fix it mm. and make it work, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I think has paid off immensely over time. That's awesome. That's a cool backstory. I man. wanted to add that uh, I totally respect how you got it, you know, into doing your own pedals. Uh, I highly suggest anybody that's getting into pedals, pickups, or anything of the sort to just start repairing what's out there now. That way, you learn about what's already out there, and you could, based on what you've saw and repaired, uh, and you can base that on how you want to do your own thing. I just wanted to add that little. Nugget. Well, and I, I will say, I mean, even though from a business perspective, I got burnt out doing repairs. Uh, I still feel like if, you know, if it's on my own terms, there's nothing more satisfying than taking a piece of gear that doesn't work and making it work. Absolutely. It's so exciting. Indeed. I'll probably repair pickups forever. I just love it. I absolutely love doing it. When you are building, Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a favorite snack? Ooh, good question. Um, Gummy bears? I I don't keep too many snacks in the shop. Um, For a long time, I had like a a heavy addiction to Cheez-Its. Oh, Oh, you and me both, brother. (laughs) A box of Cheez-Its. Yeah. The hot sauce kind. Uh, no, I, I like the I like the he's OG ones. You got him happy now. You better (laughs) feed him, or else he's gonna tear the place up. They had a Frank's Red Hot version of Cheez-Its. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I've kind of cut down on snacking in recent years, I guess, but <laughs> that's yeah, good. That's too, probably man. better. Me what, too. what do you, uh, how else do you occupy? Do you listen to music? What do you do? I'm just trying to like get a sense of like, what's your build like, you know? Oh uh, yeah. Usually I'll throw on some tunes. Um, you know, it, it depends, I guess what I'm in the mood for. I, I'm, I suppose surprising no one that's looked at my Instagram for more than 10 seconds. I'm a huge fish fan. Mm. Um, So I, I will throw on like just the fish serious XM jam band, man, the jam band, man. And it's, that's great. Cause it's just like, it's a mix of fish music and then fish adjacent music mm-hmm. picked by people who like fish. So, um, that's usually my go-to, but I, I also really like like seventies electronica and stuff like that. So mm. it's not uncommon for me over at the shop to throw on like an old craft work album or something like that. Listen to the whole catalog of Kansas. Do it. I, <laughs> I dare you to do it. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't don't, promise don't do that. that I will. I do that. Well, he'll never know. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm just saying. So you mentioned you got some stuff in the works. You want to talk about that at all? Yeah, sure. Um, so, like I said, one of the things I want to work on is an analog octave divider, um, just because I think they're cool. And I also have some ideas for making one that combines some concepts that were found in different octave dividers, but not all in one place. Um, and I also want to make it, you know, the same size as like the sundial. Um, so nice compact little octave divider. Um, so that's, that's probably going to be the next big project coming up. Um, a smaller project, but one that I think might be worth doing is um, the the Disco Terrapin 
envelope filter that I make, um, which was the first pedal I released. And I, I still stand by it. I think it's, it's a fun pedal. I, I dig it. Um, but you know, as we mentioned earlier, not everyone loves envelope filters. And I think even when people do, it's, it's a lot of pedal board real estate for something that probably isn't going to be on a whole lot on a gig. Angus Young. So uh, I, I want <laughs> <clears throat> a, a famous user of envelope filters. Famed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I kind of want to do a, a slightly stripped down version of that, you know, in a smaller package and maybe strip a few of the features off it. Cause I, my goal, what I, set out working on that pedal was to make like the tweakiest envelope filter with as many knobs and switches as I could cram in there. Um, and I, you know, I think I was relatively successful in that. Um, but I, I do kind of want to make one that's got a, you know, not quite as many knobs and is maybe a little bit more like you turn it on. It's, it's probably going to do what you want pretty quickly. Um, so that's, and that that's not going to be as big a project because I already have the framework in place for it. Nice, um, but it is something that uh, I'm sort of feeling like is going to come up in the next few weeks. I, as weird as it sounds, like one of my favorite things to do at night <laughs> is to sit and design printed circuit board layouts. Yeah, you know, like I don't throw- think that's weird at all. I mean, I think if you if that's like the core, that's the heart of the the beast that you're chasing. You know, so like being able to do that. Well, it's just like it, you know, after you've done all like the breadboarding and the troubleshooting and all that, and you've got your circuit planned out, doing the circuit board layout is sort of just like doing a puzzle. So it's kind of nice to just sit and drink a beer and throw like a stand up special on in the background and just figure out like, okay, where are these capacitors going to go? And um, so that's. I think that project's probably going to fill that role for me within the next couple weeks. That's really cool. That's cool. Uh, there's, I think one thing that anybody who's fired up the soldering iron and built out a pedal or repaired a pedal, there's, there's something super zenny about it, you know, mm-hmm. even at whatever level, if you do it for a living or if you just do one every once in a while, it's, it's just a, you know, time just goes poof. Kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, one of the other things, and this isn't guitar related, I guess, but one of the goals has always been to be making Eurorack synthesizer modules as well. Mm. Um, and ideally what I want that to look like is if I release a pedal that does X, there will be a sort of complementary synth module that does us, you know, that same function, but in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think probably one of the next things in that world is like the, the chemtrail flanger that I just released, which is an analog flanger. Mm. Um, I want to do that for synth cause it's a totally different beast. And there's a lot more that there's a lot that you can do with a flanger around like mm-hmm. voltage control and, you know, having a million inputs and outputs and stuff. So, um, I've kind of got my eyes set on that too. But my strat build project was kind of a palate cleanser to just <laughs> before I jump into the next electronics thing. Nice. Well, uh, it's great to hear from such a creative person. And I, I really appreciate you sharing all of the backstory and uh, the cool stuff that you're making. And hopefully it in- inspires somebody else to go out there and do the same thing. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope people get into it. Having, having hobbies is important. You know, it, it it's, is. it's satisfying. It, it relieves stress and it gives you direction. Yeah. You know, not, not everyone needs to turn it into a business. I, I did it as a hobby for 10 years before I turned it into a business. Um, and it, it really just, I landed at a point where I felt like I had things I wanted to make that were maybe worth sharing. And I also, I had had a laundry list of reasons why I wouldn't do it as a business and those all kind of started to fade away. Um, you know, like screen printing was a big part of that. Cause for a long time I was like, well, I'm not going to sell stuff. I can't make it look good. And I was like, okay, well that's no longer a viable excuse. And then it was, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how to make printed circuit boards. It's like, well, that wasn't that hard. And, and uh, so it, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did it. It gives me a little bit more purpose in my hobby now rather than me just going. Yeah, it gives well, you uh, it's a sense of pride too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's cool because I've gotten to meet a lot of cool people, you know, that are into music and into effects and whatever. And, you know, even if we don't like the same kind of music, uh, it, it's still, we can all kind of connect on this nerdy level, which is awesome. Mm. Well, it's always Kansas. So. <laughs> There's always Kansas. That's another bumper sticker that no one has. All right. We are going to go next door and rattle the crap out of Jared's uh, leaning loose, His wobbly picket fence till he comes out yelling at us. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the point in the show where we have to make important decisions. Mm-hmm. And... The name of this game we're about to play is called Would You Rather You get winded on that one? No, man, Tony over here is making me laugh. <laughs> Would you rather And we heard the first time what it's the same thing. You interrupted me. <laughs> he changed the words. <laughs> Would you <laughs> rather <laughs> This week's for three. This week's would you rather? Uh, another good one from Bruce Bacon, man. Thank you for sending these in, my man. And green beans. That's correct. So your band has a headlining gig Friday night that will be an hour long set. Mm. You got a whole hour. Whole hour. A pedal geek friend has offered to let you borrow his favorite pedal for the weekend. The elusive Bondi effects breakers overdrive. Mm. That is a highly sought after pedal. It is, mm. but you have to pick it up and your guitar tech friend has offered his services free to you. If you drive him to the gig and back home, that's, that's the trade off. Seems easy. The logistical problem is you only have time to drive to one of them. So it's either your friend or the pedal. Mm. What would you rather try out the rare pedal for the weekend or have the services of a guitar tech for the headlining gig? That's not an easy. That isn't. It seems like unassociated and easy, but it's, it's one of those gamble, <laughs> gamble using a really awesome pedal and not having any uh, guitar problems or just play it safe and not experience the awesome pedal. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tony, again, I'm, I have to go first. So I always end up on my own Island. Uh huh. Are you happy about that? Todd? I, yes. You like my Island. Yes. Except you're spelling SOS backwards because you can't see it. Uh, Oh, just flip it upside down. Yeah. 
says, 505, what's up? 505, yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. Um, I mean, working under the assumption I already have the the pedals that I'm used to and or, or a pedal board or whatever, I think I would rather have the services of a guitar tech. Mm-hmm. Someone to keep the stuff running, especially, you know, you break a string. You, I mean, we're talking an hour-long set, and, mm-hmm. you know, you could have all kinds of problems. Tune the guitar. Tune yeah. it! So mm-hmm. I think I would prefer, if I could only choose the one, I would, I, would, I would choose the services of a guitar technician. Okay. Jared. I made this decision before Tony made his decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to absolutely agree <sighs> well, with Tony. Welcome to Island 505. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt waiting on the hat. Having a guitar guy to help you out while you're playing and all that, and it is worth not having the elusive awesome pedal. Um, it's It's excruciatingly embarrassing if... You know, you have to put the guitar down. You have to walk over to get, and everybody else is playing. You missed your solo. The one you worked on, it's of the new song that you were going to impress the girl out there with, and she it doesn't care anyway. Real. I think it, this is an experience, life yeah. experience for Jerry. I'm I'm going to go ahead and bypass the awesomeness pedal and go with uh, my good buddy uh, Cheech. <laughs> I mean the guitar. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Eric, how about you? He was my tech. Um, yeah, so I mean, this this may sound surprising coming from a pedal guy, but I'm also gonna go with the guitar tech. I, f- I feel like those relationships are important to maintain, and um, I you know I could live without a pedal, but if my intonation gets all whacked or my guitar gets messed up, I, I'd much rather know that uh, I've got that kind of taken care of. Can you imagine the conversation you'd have with the guitar tech the weekend after? Like, hey, man, why didn't you have me? Well, because there's this pedal. I didn't have time to get you. <laughs> How would you feel? My my upstairs neighbor in my shop is a luthier and uh, awesome guy. Tafty's home for wayward guitars. And, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking about him with this would you rather. And, like, I, I want to make sure Tafty's happy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh is that right next to the to the scrimshawer? <laughs> <laughs> the pipe carver. <laughs> what are you uh, doing, my man? Yeah, well, I got to join you on that uh, because, really? oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not even a question for me. Although, I would love to play the Bondi pedal, but because also, I'm, I'm three guitars per show right now based on different songs, you know, maybe more in the future. What are those three guitars? Uh, currently, it's the Hagstrom Viking, all black, awesome gold pickguard, sparkly gold pickguard, mm-hmm. and uh, the Les Paul double cut special. Mm-hmm. Ooh, same, a little more awesome in my same P ninety, uh, same same uh, paint scheme and gold gold pickguard, and then a Jazzcaster, uh, Jazz body Telecaster guts and neck uh, that is also super in the same awesome. thing. Um, but I've uh, got some, uh, got a couple surprises up my sleeve was coming up. So I'm going to be out another collection. So that was fun. Thanks, Bruce Bacon, for sending that. It seemed to be kind of hard, but then it wasn't. 
I wonder what everybody else is thinking right now. Say it all out loud. All at one time, everybody, right now. All right, we're going to thank a few people, and then we're going to let our friend Eric go. So, Tony? Yes, Todd? At this point of the show, there's a very special group of people that we like to thank. These would be our executive producers. Now, you may be asking yourself, what is an executive producer, and how can I get my name on the roster? Yeah. Very simple. Go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and check out a couple of different levels in which you can participate. Become a sponsor, a patron, if you will, of this very podcast. It'll make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. Each level comes with a special bevy of things, thank you gifts, things like barefoot buttons and keychains and and picks and stickers and, oh my goodness, t-shirts, all the good stuff. Keychains. I did say keychains. More keychains. Or you can have a keychain. But as an executive producer, you get all that stuff and there's one more thing, Jared. What would that be? You get to have your name read on the your thing. Your name read on the thing. That's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Mr. Tom Brazen. Yep. Martin Cliff. John Daly. Chris Kearney. Darren Gregory. Doug Christ. Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers. Brian Robison. Michael Senchuk. Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lathrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterley, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Bill Golegatas, Richard Kendall, Ty Garman, John Jackson, Jason Rausch, David Randow, Douglas King, Gary Cooper, Rob Saxby, Mark Garton, Elad Mazrahi, and Mike D. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Well, thanks, everybody. Hey, Isn't Todd, stop <clears throat> interrupting. <clears throat> because there's a special, special group of executive producers. We call them our grand poobas. That's right. They're up half smoking cigars, wearing smoking jackets and things up in the penthouse suite, wearing a fez, a very special fez that they must wear as part of their commitment to becoming a Grand Pooba. That's correct. This week, we have a new Grand Pooba. A new Grand Pooba? A new Grand Pooba. That's my favorite. Can I say it one more time? A new, new Grand, Grand Pooba. So welcome aboard and special thanks to Johnny Morales. My man. But let's not All forget. Right. No, no, no. Let's not forget the okay. rest of our Grand Poobas. John Williams, LSJ Music Company, James Pennington, Tyler Rines, Tim Nowak, Steve Keys, Adam Johnson, Tommy Manasco, Sean S. Cody Foster. Science of Sound. David Kaminga. Corey Nigro. And Jonathan Jerusik. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Indeed. Hey, we'll be hearing from Jonathan Jerusik pretty soon, too. I understand that to be the case. All right. Eric Hockstresser, where can people find your things? Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at Hockstrasser Electronics, uh, or you can find me on my website at hockstrasserelectronics.com. I'm also on 
Facebook at uh, as you may have guessed, Hawkstrauss Electronics. And uh, how about your MySpace yeah. account? <laughs> oh, you know, I haven't logged in in a few days. I'm as mad about that. All right, Tony Balonski. Oh, let's just say you need a special pick card. You're doing something. You're 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 dressing up your your favorite guitar. You're changing pickups. Mm-hmm. These require a very special pick card. Go over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the things that I have to offer. But always remember, by and large, the things that I do are very custom. And it's probably best to get a hold of me. Chase is checking out some uh, zebra tortoise bits. Zebra. Yeah. Yeah. I've got it. I've got all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But check it out. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you need. I will be happy to work with you and uh, take very good care of you. He is the Dr. Feelgood of the pick guard making world. (laughs) (laughs) To some. All right, Jared. Wow. Uh, pickups. So go to brandonwonpickups.com. Uh, if you're looking for a, a rewind or some new pickups, uh, humbuckers, wide range, we do noiseless jazz masters. P90s. And P90s, of course, and many other single coil styles and all that sort of good stuff. And uh, also, if if uh, I don't, you don't get a response from me, which you usually do, talk to Zach Oswald, too. Uh, he's a part of the Brandon Wild Pickups uh, family, and I don't mention that enough, so I wanted to mention that right now. So, uh, BrandonWildPickups.com. All right. You can send me an email, Todd, at TheGuitarKnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram, at GuitarKnobs. We would love to hear from you, share your story, share what you're digging, and uh, just say hi. That works, too. Eric Hawkstresser, thank you so much for joining us on this episode it was great to talk with you and glad that uh uh, we got to share your story with uh, a lot of our listeners yeah thanks for having me this was awesome cool all right everybody have a great guitar weekend subscribe yeah Ah. green beans with melted butter and bacon bits I know he's yeah, in everybody's in Massachusetts. It seems like that's all we were having and on the show. The lights <laughs> all went out in Massachusetts. Wow. I had grilled chicken, rice, and green beans. That wow. sounds good. He likes green beans. I have no middle name. Because I was sort of named after a vacuum cleaner. Um, so <laughs> Really? <laughs> Mix it up with the green beans. Hawk. Hawkstrasser. He doesn't have a middle name. I have no. Did you know name. that, Jared? What is it? Uh, it's no longer baloney. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh green beans. Straw. Hang on. There Way it is. Dodge. Straw hacker. I don't feel bad hey, now. Straw hacker. <laughs> I'm Hux trying so hard to say it right. Hang on. It's hacksrasa. Yeah. When I was a kid, I didn't really much care for green beans. My middle name's David. Your middle name's David. After my dad, Stephen. Really. <laughs> I want a sash. Yes, you do. You should have a sash. Try Roman, Roman? style green bean. <clears throat> All right. Oh, I had green beans too. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at the guitar for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time